his name is Jackman, and uh, I was uh, at a spiritual event a couple weeks ago, and uh, sort of my time off, I went looking through a metaphysical bookstore, and I happened to see on the counter uh, this book called Born Aware. And, you know, I've been around the spiritual block a, a few times, so most things I'm kind of already ready for, but that one was was something that resonated that basically I had not uh, seen before. And I contacted the author, and graciously she said, yeah, sure, we'll do an interview. The person I'm talking about is on the screen. Uh, she is uh, an intuitive. She's written four books, Dream Interpretation, Intuition, Invisible Blueprints, and Born Aware, which is the one that, that uh, we'll be talking about today. But some of the other ones look really cool, too. Uh, Invisible Blueprints, that would be like the next one, I think, that, uh, that I would like to uh, look at. But so um, our, our guest is very well uh, attuned. And so, Diane, I'd like to welcome you. And uh, we've got a few questions here. Thank you. Thank you, Douglas. I'm glad to be welcomed. I'm glad to join you today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to our discussion. <laughs> okay, well, great. Well, so tell us pretty much your kind of a story as far as how you came to your realizations and, and how you came to be who you are pretty much in this life. In 25 words or less. <laughs> take as long as you want. Well, you know, as, as, as I go into in the book, I, I was born aware. I, I have some memories of the other side. And yet, at the same time, my spiritual journey in this lifetime was indeed a journey. I was brought up fairly conventionally in New Orleans. I was brought up Presbyterian. I had metaphysical leanings, obviously, my whole life. I never saw any conflict between what I was being taught and what I knew on the inside. And yet, at the same time, I was really like a babe in the woods when it comes to some spiritual knowledge, writings by other people. I was always drawn to metaphysical, spiritual literature, which, while I was growing up, was very, very hard to find. When I was an undergrad, there was a book club called Universe Book Club, which sold metaphysical books. I belonged to that. And yet, I not only gained information about oh, whatever we want to talk about, about reincarnation, about, about UFOs, about spiritual topics over the years, but more and more I was reawakening to the things that I already knew. And so it has been a process for me in this lifetime. I feel, especially with the Born Aware material, I have I have anchored myself even more, I would say, in what I already knew about the other side. Um, so it's it's been a process for me. And my intuitive work came out of left field because at that time I didn't even know I was intuitive. Um, and, and that's a whole offshoot. I will try not to go on a, on, on a tangent about researching intuition as a phenomenon. 
but it, it has been a journey and I find it ironic that I was born knowing and remembering what I knew and remembered and yet there was all of this unfolding and learning and relearning that had to happen at the same time and some of it also has to do with how we are acculturated culturally how we are influenced by family uh, school things we're we're taught the cultural outlook and kind of um, tearing away tearing away is not the right way to put it but you know the surgical term would be debreeding removing you know removing uh, some of that to to be more aligned with who we are and what we we really do know so that's that's the short answer very cool um it kind of reminds me of uh the idea i remember when i was first kind of getting in any kind of metaphysical metaphysical stuff the whole idea was well you reach the maha samadhi you get to this it's like you are here and you get there and at a certain point along the line you realize that there really is no there even if you are some kind of <laughs> incredible spiritual being you're always growing and you're always unfolding does that sound sound correct it's absolutely correct and, and one thing that happens i feel douglas when we come to this planet and we get into a human body when, when our soul gets into a human body is you know we we lose perspective we have this tunnel vision and then we have what i call the human side and the human persona with all its little personal stuff and so there's a lot of unfolding that can take place and of course it is helpful if it does take place and so it's a process it's a process but a lot of it has to do i feel with getting out of the limitations of the human side great okay so what do you see as, or what really is uh, this porn aware phenomenon that you talk about in your book? Well, the way I, I define it is really literally remembering what you thought when you were born. Or in the book, I have some people with memories up to around maybe seven months of age. So it is not recapturing those memories because amnesia set in for those of us who were born aware we have always remembered what we thought when we were born so that's kind of the quick and dirty way to define it but the phenomenon has all these other inherent characteristics like wrapped up in it so it is always remembering what we thought when we were born one kind of a, a quick question here different people since i started reading this book and telling them where they said well how did she meet all these other people that were <laughs> born aware how did that happen that's a wonderful question douglas and it's funny because the the, the way this book came about 
and you may have read about it in the book, was that within the space of a few months, I had never shared my memories. It just, it never occurred to me that it was unusual. And within the space of a few months, two people independently of each other mm-hmm. share their memories with us. And when the first person <laughs> did, I said, oh, I remember too. And when the next person did, I thought, okay, I'm being given a message. So I knew I was being told to do something about this phenomenon. And so I started looking for other people with these memories. And I will say it was a bit like looking for a needle in a haystack. I I thought a lot of other practitioners, spiritual metaphysical practitioners would have these memories. And most of them I asked did not. The irony is that five people I have known for years have these memories. We never knew it. We never discussed it. So I think you know, I, I was given that, for lack of a better way of putting it, I was given that, which which was a wonderful gift. And then some people would recommend other people who had the memories. And then I asked some people I was connected with on Facebook, and most people didn't, but but some people did. So it took me probably six to ten months to find people, and I started interviewing. And I will say this, Douglas, as I was as I was doing an interview, each interview was like this. I was on I was just on cloud nine with the information that was being shared with me. I was just like, ooh, 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 ooh. It was just it was it was wonderful. So it was a it was a process. But again, I knew I was being told to do this. So uh-huh. I did. Great. Yeah, I remember just a couple of the stories. I'm not going to ask you one of your favorites here, but just a couple nuggets from from the book. Uh, One lady was talking about remembering being in a group of angels and building worlds. It's like, whoa. And then the other one, which was kind of funny, where she was a uh, cowboy in a previous life, and she was seeing seeing herself as a little girl and it was like these guns don't even work. she asked for a little outfit and the guns don't even work and it's like <laughs> what the, you know so anyway yeah so why don't you share and it was like i'm this little curly headed blonde girl <laughs> <laughs> yes and a couple a couple that i just loved one said whoops wrong planet and another another that was uh cynthia sue larson and jamila who <laughs> thought when she was born oh my god what have i done <laughs> to have come here <laughs> I felt similarly <laughs> so I was going to leave this later but so that uh, brings me to like one of the other questions which was how much uh when you come into an embodiment how much is agreed upon how much is karmic or how much is just random oh what a wonderful question and I love this question Douglas I tend to think in terms of levels and and on this human level and humans are really big on having choice and free will you know I can make my own decisions and and I feel that we do on this level we make our choices however when we zoom out and go to higher levels it was always known what we would decide to do number 1 Number two, we are also energetically encoded with the plan for our lives before we come here. 
not that we remember it mm -hmm. necessarily after we come here. When it comes to karma, I tend not to subscribe to the concept of karma. Uh, it, it's a it's an easy way to look at things. I do something bad, I have to pay for it because it's mm -hmm. balance. It's the law of balance. I feel that it's much more complex than that. Do you want me to go ahead and complicate batters or not? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel that we're here on this planet in a human body. We, we, we come in and we have an experience as a human being for soul growth, to learn, grow, and unfold, and for the roles that we play with others, not only for their unfolding, but for what I call the overall drama, the greater drama. There's always a drama going on on this planet, usually more than one at a time, mm -hmm. to propel humanity forward, even if it seems that we, you know, take steps back at times. And so I feel that a lot of what we come in to do, even not even knowing, you know, what that necessarily is, has to do for the roles that we're playing in that greater drama. We cannot see the totality. We do not have that perspective while we're here as a human. But there is that huge overall drama that... Um, meta view so to speak so it's much more complex oh that's great that's great <laughs> um i'm glad i have these questions written down because i just kind of like floating <laughs> off into the uh floating oh, off into the ethers. <laughs> i love doing that <laughs> okay so spiritual abilities uh precognition healing uh uh, intuitiveness. How does that? How do you? Uh, how does that play into the the being born again and, and having or born aware and having a, a con contiguous uh, remembrance of of the higher higher worlds? Well, interestingly, I'll back up a little bit and say that when I interviewed the people in the book, I had a long list of questions, a long list of questions, and I did ask, you know, about intuitive ability, etc. And I guess not surprisingly, people who were born aware, the longer term is literally spiritually aware since birth, tend to have natural intuitive ability and healing ability, whether they utilize it consciously or not. And so that is one of the attributes in common. However, as I mentioned before, I had researched intuition as a phenomenon. It's, if we're intuitive, that does not mean that we're necessarily spiritually oriented, mm -hmm. much less born aware or spiritually aware since birth, because it is an attribute we can, I've been teaching intuitive skills to others for oh, many years, 20 some years, and all we have to do is learn how to shift our level of consciousness and how to groom our consciousness to receive intuitive information. We're able to do it. 
We don't have to be spiritually oriented or spiritually aware or born aware in order to have that intuitive ability. I believe that everybody has the potential for that. And so even though those of us, you know, born aware, share that in common, I'm not convinced that that's hugely significant. I think the innate healing ability may be just because, you know, maybe it has to do with something innate positive in us. I don't know. You know, that's my speaking out of turn. Mm -hmm. My turn, I haven't really chewed on that much or researched it. Cool. Um, One of the things that I remember, uh, you know, getting into a spiritual uh, path and, and thinking that, you know, if, if I could just see what's on the other side, you know, that would, you, you, I, it was like that was a mark of attainment. But I want you to kind of talk about for a second that just on the other side, there isn't just ethereal and light. There's also stuff that is not so good, you know, and how do you, how do you uh, address spiritual discrimination? I guess that's uh, how I put it. Oh, that's another excellent question, Douglas. Um, all my memories of the other side are positive. And, and, and I haven't encountered negative things. I, I, that's the first thing I'm going to say. I'll digress a little bit and say that I started working on a, a follow-up book focusing on people's memories of the other side. And I have interviewed maybe four people at this point in time, you know, one of whom was quite aware of different levels on the other side. And there are some, you know, denser, we'll just call them denser levels, which have to do with the level of understanding or the fear, how predominant fear is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and these, I think, are human terms, but I don't know what other what other terms to use. And so, you know, I have chewed on this for a long time and I have not chewed on it successfully enough at this point of of how do we really work on fears? Because at the base of a lot of fears is fear of annihilation or that something negative will get to us. And, you know, those of us born aware tend not to have those fears, mm-hmm. which is one of the benefits of being this way. And there de- there's definitely a downside as well. So I, I feel, I feel ultimately that this is a benevolent universe. It is a benevolent cosmos. It is a benevolent creator source, whatever term one wants to use. I think the closer we are to the physical reality, especially on this planet, and then my memories, you know, are of this planet. I know some people who remember living on other places throughout the universe, and that's going to be another book. I don't have those memories, but I feel, you know, here we have duality. We can't learn, grow, and unfold if if everything's the same. So, you know, for whatever reason, we do have duality. We have that denser reality of, in simplistic terms, there's good and there's bad. There's pleasant and there's unpleasant. 
And I feel the more on the other side, we're taking with us the memories of the, the unpleasant and letting that predominate, you know, then we're resonating more with those, the mm -hmm. dancer. Um, one of the things that uh, in my intuitive work with people, I've been asked over the years to look at people who passed on. And I have never tuned into anybody, and this may just be my experience, who was caught up or stuck in, in a place of fear or what some people would call hell. I've never encountered that. Now, there's going to be a period of acclimating after we transition, you know, especially... I don't want to get too complicated, Douglas. Because <laughs> <laughs> they will sound like tangents. <laughs> Some people just have a harder time acclimating. They may be so entrenched in their human side or the difficult human experiences. Everybody acclimates. It just takes may take a while. So it it really it really depends. Um, I have never encountered negative beings. Um, that may be just that I'm fortunate. Um, I, I do feel that ultimately, as I said, it's a benevolent universe. It's a positive universe. And, and that a lot of the negative stuff we experience really has to do with the purpose of growth Great. and learning. So it uh, kind of leads into another question here where, um, maybe you could, uh, address because a lot of the interview interviewees that you had in the book talked about this the relationship to spiritual hierarchies angels sponsors uh that are with us or plan our incarnation and such yes <laughs> yes <laughs> well yes i think different people do have different orientations and some of this surprised me um, you know, as I shared in the book, I've always had that direct connection to Source or God. I remember being with Source, with God. Um, and some people in the book, you know, had more of an orientation towards guides. And two people in the book remember being angels. So I, I, I don't think it's just different strokes for different folks. I think it also has to do with some of the um, multiplicity of, of levels on the other side. I'll give you an example. Um, uh, this is one of the interviews for the upcoming book, if I ever get back to working on it after this move, which has been <laughs> such a nightmare. Um, but she remembers wonderful person connected with her. I, I spoke at the Rhine this past um, January on the born aware phenomenon and she and I met there and she has these memories too. She remembers councils on the other side and she was on a particular council that had to do with preparing souls to come to earth. You know, so there are beings who are specializing in that, for example on the other side. 
you know, and from that point of view, they are they are teachers and guides for some souls. So I think there there's a lot of diversity in that. Just because I have a certain orientation does not mean that even all the born awares do. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So, given all this, uh, what is the value or, uh, I guess I'll just leave it at that, the, the value to the higher soul awareness of these earthly incarnations? What is that? How does that? Uh, obviously, any experience you get as a soul, I guess, is is going to uh, expand who you are. But in particular, what do you see as as the the real benefit to the soul of of incarnations? You know, it's kind of a trial by fire. I feel that the soul learns resilience. The soul learns trust. I feel that one of the purposes of living different lifetimes, and I do need to enlarge that and say, not just as a human on this planet, but throughout the cosmos, um, has to do with experiencing the totality of experience, which means that in some lifetimes, just as a human, for example, we may be quote-unquote good people. In other lifetimes, we may be quote-unquote bad people to experience the fullness of being as a soul embodied somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I feel that, the, and, and again, this is not graven in stone. This is, this is, you know, how I'm viewing it, how I've been viewing it. Doesn't mean that that won't, view won't shift or mutate or be enlarged upon over time but I, I feel that first and foremost it has to do with experiencing the totality of physical embodiment and the soul does become enriched the awareness becomes enriched i think i'm putting it fairly simplistically i'm yeah. sure it's a lot more complex than <laughs> what i'm conveying <laughs> you know, or how I'm perceiving it. Yeah, and I think some things, as you suggest, we may just, in the totality, understand after we get back. Um, oh, yes, and that's an important point, Douglas. We're limited in our understanding here, and yet when we transition and after we drop the human side and get into what I call our higher soul of awareness, we can see the purpose and purposes for everything we experienced. Very cool. Okay, so why don't you give us uh, maybe one story that, that uh, out of all of your uh, interviewees that, that you really uh, want to share that, that uh, is special to you? Well, I might go back to, not go back to, go to um, Rosalind Reynolds, and, and she shared her view, how she perceives the interconnectedness of everyone and everything. And she perceived it as a web. And it resonated so completely because in Invisible Blueprints, <laughs> I had described a similar thing as a tapestry, that we're all threads, interwoven threads in a tapestry. And 
the way she put it was that, you know, in this web, if one person does one thing, it vibrates the web. And so others are feeling it, whether they're mm. consciously aware of it or not. And she was also expressing this from the standpoint of the overview, you know, whereas we as humans are caught up in our little, you know, limited perspective we we see just you know this little part and so um that really resonated and i was also cheryl cheryl in the book expressed some things beautifully um when when she was born aware but she also had a near-death experience um and and when you when you can zoom out and see things from a different perspective, and then there's humor. I mean, some people were just funny. <laughs> it was like uh. I was it was Cheryl again when when she after she was born and she was being taken home from the hospital, and she didn't have any protection over her eyes, and she said, "What in the world are these people thinking? Not to be protecting my eyes." <laughs> You know, so they're little, little things. They're just jewels. I, I, I find jewels throughout people's accounts. Um, I am in love with these people. That's great. <laughs> so they're just, they're just a lot. There are a lot of them. Oh, and another one. I have to share this one too, Douglas. Um, I had a radio show for six or seven years. And the last three or four years, I was focusing on green topics, you know, and uh, environmental topics and alternative health. And Teresa Waltermeyer uh, in the book um, remembers choosing her parents, but she remembers looking at the planet before coming in. And she knew that she was, her purpose for coming in this time, this lifetime had to do with the health of the planet and whether the planet would be healthy. She could see all these other souls getting ready to come in around the same time for the same purpose. Oh, great. I love that. Yes. Yes. So little jewels. So why don't you discuss a little bit about what you do if people wanted to uh, contact you as far as, you know, your, your coaching, your teaching. Uh, tell us a little about, about what, what you do to maybe assist people to uh, develop their own uh, intuitive abilities and, and uh, purpose, etc. I'd be happy to, Douglas. It's taken me a while to really understand what, what I was doing with this work, but, but I feel that my work with others, uh, primarily the one-on-one -on -one work, um, not including, you know, group teaching, has to do with helping people unfold, grow, and find more fulfillment in life. And some of this has to do you know, with working on some of our inner things that are blocking us. Some of it has to do with spiritual teaching. Some of it has to do with, I'm big on a person's essence. The more we understand what our essence is in this particular lifetime and start to embrace it and live from it, it's hugely significant. It helps to change our lives in a positive way. And so I... I, I, my work is about helping people unfold and grow in, in a very simple manner, putting it very, very simply. And so I do, you know, one-on-one -on -one sessions with people. I, uh, my intuition is my primary tool, though I draw on knowledge and things like that. 
spiritual teaching is a component of it. I, I teach intuitive skills. I've, I've taught it in, in groups and workshops for years. I've also give one-on-one -on -one private lessons in intuitive development. Um, I bring in dreams. I bring in whatever is germane for the person at that point in his or her life. Um, my work has unfolded over the years. I think that's true of everybody. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I think I'm relatively easy to find. I have a website, dianebrandon.com. Um, a, a curveball was thrown <laughs> with this move because it's a long story uh, with phone companies and not getting the new phone number assigned in time. So a lot of people would dial the old number in North Carolina and just think that it was disconnected. But I do have current contact information on my website, dianebrandon.com. And um, people can email me too. The phone number's on there and the email address is on there. So I think I'm pretty easy to find, Douglas. Cool. Yeah, I, it was, I was, I was uh, pretty easy for, for me to get a hold of you. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So, okay. Any uh, any closing thoughts or, or nuggets that uh, you could uh, you want to leave with uh, anybody who's listening to this? Yes, I would say I would encourage everybody. It is a wide, wide world, not just outside of us, but inside of us as well. And so, I have encountered that people have a lot of riches inside of themselves. I sometimes use the image of a, not a Pandora box, but a treasure chest inside of us. And, and so it can take courage to do that inner diving, that inner journeying, but that helps us in so many ways. I think we can live our lives much more vibrantly, I would have said with my radio show, but, but, um, with purpose, with meaning, and feeling more positive about about things in general and about ourselves. We all came here for a reason or for reasons. And I feel that we can all unfold and grow in a positive manner, not just through those difficult experiences. And I would encourage everyone to be open to exploring and learning and and becoming more and more every day. That's great. Okay, well, thank you so much for, for agreeing to do this interview. It's uh, spectacular. I hope uh, a lot of people uh, are able to hear it. I'm going to see what I can do. So God bless you, and, and thank you so much. Thank you so much, Douglas. God bless. <laughs> Take care. Okay.